I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. A triathlon-ish podcast. Grab your sock hats, fill your decanter. Friday's here. It's time for some banter. Tri-tips, life chat from two feisty pros, zoomies, arm hair, ebbs, and flows. Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding. Sarah, it's so good to see you. I, I, I'm I just grinning ear to ear right now because I'm so excited about our guest. Our special guest, I can tell because I didn't think we were going to stop ta- stop talking like during the, before we started recording. So I had I to know. Like, well, cut you guys off. The, the hard part is when we haven't, you know, been able to see people in a while. Like, I know. you know, this is our opportunity to catch up. But anyway. Why don't you introduce guest. our guest? Yeah. So, and so yeah. much has happened. You're right. Yes. The the legendary Aaron Carson, who is like trainer to the stars of triathlon, I think, you know. Uh- <laughs> I am really, really lucky. You're right. Yeah. No, it's a celebrity trainer. <laughs> I, I, yeah. So what what the, things that the best kind of celebrity. Best guy. totally. So one of the things that's really cool is that Aaron has worked with like the who's who in triathlon, where I I was thinking about this during uh, the Olympics this past summer, watching the triathlon being like, oh yeah, Aaron's worked with like half of these athletes that actually went through my mind where like this, that's really cool. Yeah. It's really cool, but it's all, it's getting more and more exciting because all of a sudden I have more short course Olympian type athletes. Mm -hmm. Um, so now I'm really, now I'm really into it. Yeah. Yeah. So in addition to that's just a one small piece of who you are so do you you know I think most importantly you are dog mom to Deacon uh is this (laughs) yep I said right from the get-go when when Deacon came along because his his older sister who has since passed Miss Grace um was a terror and she was a um she was an aggressive female labeled early in her life at, at about 13 14 weeks and when you have a, an aggressive, we all relate to that a little right, bit. <laughs> aggressive female. Um, we had to learn a lot about dogs and a lot about dog training and a lot about um, just about dog behavior. And so Gracie was older when we got Deacon and she was so challenging, but lovely. And uh, when we got Deacon, all of a sudden everything got easy because he is just like the nicest person I know. He's just chill. He goes with the flow. And now he's a little bit of an older guy. He's nine. He's my running partner. And he's just, to me, the best running partner ever. Because if I want to go slow, he'll go slow. If he wants, if I want to go fast, most of the time he'll go fast. But I kind of, you know, he's, he's a little older now, but he's the best. He's, and everybody sees him on my mobility Mondays. He always comes down and says hi to everybody. And he's a big, strong boy. So. He's great. Amazing. Has Deacon ever met Buddy? Uh, no. no. What, Not yet. I, I was out. So, listeners, Aaron is out in Boulder. Uh, you are the owner of, of Rally Sport. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm one of them. It's one, a, of, it's, one of the owners. Um, yeah. But basically, like, you know, knows everybody in triathlon who comes through Boulder pretty much. And 
I, I was lucky enough to work with her in person a little bit when I was out there. We did not have any dog dates though. No dog dates. Maybe that's no, something the future. A reason to come back. Yeah. But we were crushing it, Sarah. I loved working with you. That I was, really enjoyed it too. That yeah. was super fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got inspired to, um, by one of the, what are those called? Uh, for the foundation training. Oh I, yeah. Big yeah. K1. No, the, the thingy, the, the tube oh, the thing, fa- the, the tube thingy that we do all oh, the, the, viper. the viper, yeah, the, the viper. viper. Yeah. yeah. I love that thing. Like I, yeah. So okay, honestly, for our audience, what, what is that? <laughs> so the, I'll, I'll, I'll do it really quick. So EC fit strength is really based on three things. It's based on science systems and tools. And the tools that we use are sometimes a little bit unique. And my great Canadian brother, Michal Dalcourt, is the founder of Institute of Motion, IOM. And he's also the, the inventor of the Viper, which sounds, stands for vitality. I don't really know what the I is for, but I'll say inspiration, um, performance, and recovery. And it's a tool that when him and his buddy, Simon Bennett, were uh, training, I think it was the Edmonton Oilers, they were strength coaches, they were stuck in a, in a snowstorm and they had to train the guys. So they hit, had no gear and they took those runner mats that you see in hotels that kind of protect the carpet. And they started, they rolled them up and they put duct tape around them. And so they had these long weighted tubes and then they developed a kind of training called loaded movement training, because I think what makes some of the approach that I have with endurance athletes special is we don't need to just keep loading you heavier and heavier and heavier. We can actually use speed as part of the training. So this tube has handles and you can throw it to the right and do a landing like an ice skater, lateral jumping or hopping. And you throw the Viper at it, intensifies the landing. And it really works great for endurance athletes because again, we're not trying to vertically load them most of the time. And I think that was kind of what was resonating with, with Sarah was like, you know, I can back squat forever, but my back is bad or my back hurts or my hips hurt. And, and so there's a way to really work around more traditional kind of strength training to build resiliency and build a more robust athlete, um, focusing a little bit more on connective tissue than just muscle. So yeah. it resonates quite well with cyclists, triathletes, runners, that kind of stuff. So viper.com. Yeah. I have a code EC fit t- uh, 15. If you want to use it, you get <laughs> yeah, it. Or just has a code for everything. And yeah. <laughs> Codes are good. Yeah. Amazing. But, okay. Let's just take a break for our intro. Um, if we can. All right. so, <laughs> You're just right into the I know. potatoes here. I feel like we could just go forever. Um, coming up on the show. We're going to talk about that. We're going to revisit the couples championship again. Um, we're going to talk about LGBTQ plus inclusion in triathlon the fitness industry post COVID. And of course we'll do Iraq because. As a former pro triathlete who now does very amateur crossfitting for fun and is in perimenopause, meaning I can't count on my hormones to be consistent anymore. One of my main limitations is the speed at which I build muscle. It just doesn't come easily for me. I wanted to make sure I am actually getting the benefits of the little time I do have to work out. That's why Amino Co's Perform is the perfect product for me. It tastes good, and I just sip on it before and during my workouts. 
The Aminoco's Perform Formula has clean ingredients and is great for your everyday routine to help give your body the fuel it needs to perform at its best and recover faster and stronger from workouts. What's even better is that Aminoco's Perform was created by former Harvard professor and world-renowned clinical researcher Dr. Wolf. As a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed 62 marathons in under 230. Whoa, and is still fueling his body with Perform at age 75. So if you are looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to boosting your peak athletic performance, I recommend you give Perform a try. It's scientifically three times more effective on a gram-for-gram basis than any other protein source. To try it yourself and get 30% off, Use the code RIDING, R-I-D-I-N-G, when you visit aminoco.com forward slash riding. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com forward slash riding. The fastest path to living healthier, longer starts inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. It was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. That's quite a list. Inside Tracker provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live healthier, longer. When I do my Inside Tracker tests, I always use the mobile blood draw service. It's amazing because you can enjoy a premium lab experience in the comfort of your own home or your office. All you have to do is book a time that suits your schedule and they will come to you. The scheduling is easy and they send you text alerts so you'll get appointment updates and notifications when your inside tracker health analysis and custom action plan are ready to view. It's great for busy people who want to save time. So if you want to try Inside Tracker's mobile blood draw service and find out what's going on inside your body for your health, go to insidetracker.com forward slash feisty and get 20% off today. That's insidetracker.com forward slash F-E-I-S-T-Y. Okay, so Aaron, I got a call from you last week, two weeks ago. Um, that I so much appreciated uh, because Sarah and I had been talking for weeks about the um, the couples championship, uh, which where couples raced head to head, basically. And I think we had the, a multi-layered discussion. I don't know if you got to listen to the podcast or whatever, but I did hear from quite a few people saying that um, the owner of the race was actually more inclusive to um, the LGBTQ community, maybe than we gave them credit for. So do you want to... Um, yeah, speak to that a little bit. I, I just, you know, my fuse and, and probably with the rest of the world is a little bit short when it comes to kindness and inclusivity and, and who we associate ourselves with and, and kind of just the basis of who we are. And the couples championship, you know, it's funny how things come to pass. Um, ben Atkins is is probably is, is one of the coolest people that I've met in the last five years. Uh, ben came to Boulder from Florida. He loves triathlon. 
can, he wants to support athletes. And we were at a barbecue at his house. And I think the first athlete that he had sponsored was Justin Metzler. Mm -hmm. And he had met Justin at, at rally sport. And, um, you know, next thing you knew, he was training or he was sponsoring Justin and Jeannie Metzler. And the, the support that he gave them was just, it was not based on results. It was based on the fact that he wanted to help them. And he recognized that triathlon in general and triathletes, they don't make a, a bunch of money. And, but he loves the sport so much. And so then all of a sudden we found another couple just down the road, um, Tim O'Donnell and Marinda Carfred. And it was, he was like, wouldn't it be funny if we just put you guys like the cup, we just did a couple's race. And then all of a sudden it was Rachel Olson and Andre Lopez. And it was just like, well, then uh, Vincent and Taylor Spivey were here. And it's like, well, they're another couple. And, you know, next thing you know, you started realizing that sport brings people together and they meet in the sport. And so he was like, I just, I'm going to throw down big cash. Like let's have a race. And, and all of a sudden, and I kind of went back to work and let them put together the couples championship. But all of a sudden it was like, Aaron and Nan were coming and, and the Sams were coming from New Zealand. And it was like this massive thing. And I also knew that they had included um, Rachel and I, I think they're still together, Rachel and her partner, Rachel McBride. And I was like, that's awesome. And I think Cody Beals was invited as well, but his partner is not uh, a triathlete. So you kind of had to have the professional uh, thing going. And so it was, it was never even questioned whether or not they would have uh, same-sex couples. But then I think I talked to you, Sarah, when we talked, was like, there's not very many same-sex couples. There's not very many. It's not a very gay sport. <laughs> right. And then you get to the next part and you start Maybe not. At, maybe not openly gay. Exactly. Because I think when we look at things, coming out is a really challenging process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's probably more gay people in sport than we, than we know, but it's, it's risky. It's risky with, it's sad, but it, it is still kind of risky to come out and with sponsors and everything. So when uh, the first thing that I started reading really was uh, from Brad Culp and who's a writer and I offline uh, inquired why he was so negative about the couples championship. And he was, he didn't even do his homework. Like it's not hard to do your homework if you're a journalist and I am going to call him out on it because he's supposedly a journalist. It, it would have taken him one phone call to, to Ben or to waterfall um, to find out that we did and, and same sex couples were included, but rather than do that, he went after, uh, ben and Waterfall and the Couples Championship on Twitter using his platform on Triathlete Magazine. And that's when I got my hackles up. And then I started, um, then I got some feedback about the, the podcast. And I was like, I'm calling my people because, you know, I, I can't control what Brad Culp does, but I can at least set the record straight with the people that I love and, and have become part of the community. So. Yeah, no, we, we, we definitely appreciate that. And we don't claim to be journalists uh, <laughs> at all. <laughs> we do no, 
no preparation. <laughs> we just have opinions and there's people who are silly enough to listen to us. Um, and they're totally unfounded opinions, apparently. No, I, I think, I think so much of our not object. So we, 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 we do, we love the innovation. We love the relay style. I think there's so much positive. The fact that Ben's willing to invest a lot of money into triathlon is amazing. Like, I think it's super cool. Uh, I think we just kind of landed on maybe it would be a bigger pool of, of athletes and be more exciting if you didn't have to be sleeping with the person, you know, you're on a relay with, because that, that does make it a pretty small pool of athletes. It's, it's a, yeah, it's an invitational. And if you look in other, oh, totally. if you look in other totally. sports, you know, they do do the invitationals. And I actually think that if you talk to them, I think they re- really had a fun time. It oh, was, yeah. It was well, fun. And, you know, I, I train a lot of those couples, Eric and Paula, Justin and Jeannie, Tim and Rennie. And, and they were like, they were so nervous to let their partner down. It was, it was a fun format. And I think we're going to probably keep seeing it. And, you know, there'll be more formats as well. Um, but this, to, the, to the point of this conversation, especially, you know, with what was happening with you know, LGBTQ and, and what happened last week in the NCAA with the swimming. I mean, there's a, just a lot of chatter mm-hmm. around different communities coming together as one. And that was pretty controversial last week with uh, this, this swimmer from Leah Thomas. Yeah, with yeah. Leah Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we just need to keep our hearts in the right place and, yeah. and talk yeah. to the, talk to the organizations and the places and, and maybe yeah. just the more we talk about it, the more comfortable everyone. I know it's so much easier to be, um, I always call it on the team, to be on the team now than it was when I was growing up um, yeah. to be gay, but it's, it's, uh, it's still very difficult. So. Yeah. I was, I, I just got caught when you said like, it was, it's risky to be openly gay mm. for some people and, you know, and like, I'm wondering if, to what extent is that still true in our sport? And do you feel like, cause like from my observation, it feels like our sport is just kind of way behind like Daniela reef coming out, what, like a year or two ago being this big event, you know, which is amazing that she came out in the way that, you know, the way that she did. But at the same time, I'm like, surely this is a story from 10 years ago. Like, right. But I think the correction is she wasn't necessarily coming out. She was just be, it's speaking openly about her relationship. Mm. And I, I think that is part of the, the problem that I have, you know, the couples championship as a bigger picture is that we have to categorize people like where, where, when she said, I am in a relationship with a woman, all of a sudden people like, does that mean you're a lesbian? Does that mean you're bi? Like, why does it matter? Um, you know, why, why do we have to put people in these packages? So I just want to make that slight uh, correction because she did not, you know, she just was open about her relationship. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know that yeah. was Daniela's take. And like, I want to hear what Aaron thinks about this, but I mm. feel like, cause you know, I'm used to working on women's issues too. And I feel like some of the lines are drawn the same way. Like, I feel like the categorization is really important. Like, you know, mm. we've heard from like BIPOC women that like, it's really important to be able to say I'm black and to be able to own like what the, what that means for your identity. And so it's not to say that like Daniela or anyone else has to own, they can own whatever identity they want, but I feel like that ownership of label like is you know, felt fairly deeply by some people or ne- the need for it is, um, I don't know, Aaron, what do you think? 
I, I think there are shades of gray. I think we are all shades of gray. And I think there's all times, there's times in, in everyone's life as they evolve. Um, you know, my story will be totally unique from everyone else's story, but I'll tell you, most people my age would say you become a pretty good liar when you're younger um, because you have to pretend to be someone you're not. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's, I'm, I live in Boulder, Colorado, you know, it's a pretty liberal, socially liberal and accepting place. And I've always chosen places that are pretty accepting of Aaron and who Aaron is. Um, but there's a lot of places that aren't. And there's a lot of places where the stigma is alive and well. And so whether you're, you have to keep your relationship secret or you have to lie and say, my husband, like the most awkward thing always was like, and what does your husband do? You know, if you wear a ring and, and it's like, well, I actually don't have a husband, then why do you wear a ring? And it's just, I mean, unless you've been through that, it's, it's a really difficult um, conversation to have. And it's a horrible thing when you, when you're a person of integrity that, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's every, every generation, I feel like it's getting, it's getting better, but it needs to keep getting better. And people are just people. And if I, you know, I've been in a relationship for almost 30 years with the same person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got married, I'll do this before marriage was allowed. Like, mm-hmm. this is all happening in our lifetime. Like, we couldn't, we couldn't marry. We're not allowed to marry, mm-hmm. you know, so that's, you know, everybody's story will be a little bit different, but I know seventh graders now that have girlfriends and yeah. maybe when they're ninth grade, they're going to have a boyfriend. You know, it's, I think the most important thing, and you know, you guys are moms and it's just to go with the flow and listen and, and yeah. just be, be, be positive, be present and just lead with your heart, you know? Yeah. So, um, when, when my marriage first ended, I had a relationship with a woman for about a year after it's the only relationship I've had with a woman. I don't know if I, Sarah and I have talked about this or not. I can't well done. I think we have. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, it's have a, I'll always talk about that if it comes up, but it's like a very straight because, because I present so straight and I'm in, I've otherwise always been in relationships with men. Like nobody ever asks about that or like, and sometimes I'll just say, oh, we're not quite straight. Or like, I'll just make a comment. They're like, oh, some of us are a little yeah, weird. But no, no, no. <laughs> you know, um, but I feel like to your point, and the reason I brought that up is because like, I felt like I was able to like, have that relationship, be like, totally comfortable with it. Talk to my friends about it. And then like, come back and like, come back. Yeah. <laughs> come back and date men again. If you want, if you, if you're, if we're okay with that framing, that's how like, and, and like, not you know, and it's because of the generations before me too, that like fought the fight. So that like, I don't have, I can just date who I want. I don't have yeah. to think about it. Right. So then I'm like, extremely grateful for that. Um, at the same time, sometimes I'm like, should I tell this story more? Like, is this a thing that matters? Like, I don't know. I just think we just need to lead with our heart and acknowledge there are shades of gray. And there are people that it would never be an option for them to date a man. It's just not in their DNA. Yeah. I dated a few guys. And it just, for me, and they were wonderful men. Like they were great. It just didn't, it just wasn't who I was. I couldn't close the gap, you know, to the, the fulfilling, fulfillment of the relationship, but it doesn't mean they weren't great relationships and part of my life, you know, but there's some people that's just not in their DNA. They are 
they are, it's black and white for them. Well, and so. I always say like, when you look at the stat, like the prison stats, <laughs> you know, like, I feel like a lot more people are in the gray zone that then really want to admit, especially straight folks don't want to admit, but like yeah. we take like more than half of people and it's even bigger percentages in women's prisons, like have relationships in prison. Right. Um, and so it's like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. it, it, you know, human sexuality is so bendable and like it, that's amazing really if you think about it but like way more than we than we think that's the world that i want to live in where we you know where we where nobody really has to be fearful but there we're not there yet we got a, we got ways to go so having conversations like this are cool you know yeah yeah i i guess because probably we're all in little liberal bubbles um like when when you well Sarah relayed the conversation that you two had and I was kind of taken aback I'm like I didn't really think that triathlon necessarily would be a hard sport to be open but then I realized that the numbers just don't match like you know there aren't as many open couple or people who are open with their sexuality um you know beyond like the heteronormative stuff like in triathlon and it's you're like yeah I was kind of blown away by that because I I have normalized you know we most of us in these kind of liberal enclaves it's like yeah whatever what's the big deal what's the big deal (laughs) like be with whomever makes you happy um so what do you think it is about triathlon that's not reflective of you know the general population or maybe it is reflective of the general population that, but like our, our perceptions just skewed because we are in these little bubbles. I think it, I think it's really starting to come out now that, I mean, people want to know they're, they're kind of expecting to know the triathletes. Like, mm-hmm. so during the pandemic, so we're in the last two years, right. And all of a sudden everyone's got a YouTube channel mm-hmm. and it's funny. Um, you know, I see Taylor nib five times a week and, and Taylor's kind of new, new thing. And everybody's like, Taylor, you need to have a YouTube channel. And Taylor, I mean, you guys probably know her. I know Sarah, you definitely know her. She, she's pretty private, you know? And, and it's not, she's not gay. I don't, I don't even know what or who Taylor is other than Taylor just wants to be a triathlete. She doesn't necessarily want to, you know, share her whole personal life with anyone one way or the other, but that the expectation of, who's following whom on social media, which presents a lot of pro, uh, a lot of pressure on the athletes. Um, and most of you, most of you, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit of a triathlete, but you're, you're, you're pretty strong introverts. You know, anybody that can put their head down and ride their bike and not talk to anyone for hours and hours and hours on end. I mean, it, it, there's a personality type that does tend to choose endurance sports. Um, so, you know, you're not like massively extroverted. Take somebody like Talbot to, or, or Sarah to get you, to, get y'all talking, you know? And so it's, it's uh, the expectations have changed and people feel like there's a, there's an avenue to know you guys on a deeper level. And we're, we're living in a new time of expectation of communication. So I think, I think there's probably more, we just need more athletes. There's not a lot of athletes right now either. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of on a little bit of more of a growth spurt again, because there's more money. That's interesting. 
Thanks. You like triathlons more conservative than the circles that the three of us run in, right? It's like, I, I hear this from Kelly O'Mara a lot because when she's publishing things, say about a trans athlete or about a topic that we might think, oh, great. You know, the, the feedback they get triathlete magazine, just insane. Or if you look yeah. at like, some of the conversations that are happening in sorry, we always throw them under the bus, but it's like at slow twitch or on the forum over there. Like even when I was an athlete, like it's a very conservative sport and it makes sense, right? Like it's a wealthy sport. It's white. Like it's, so it makes sense to me that this whole conversation, even that we're having is just like in delay. (laughs) Um, so I think there's like a level I've come to this too, with, um, advocating for women's things, like at some of the big triathlon conferences and stuff too, like just meet people where they're at, right? Like to have conversations, even though, you know, especially like, I don't know, five, seven years ago, I used to get so frustrated because where they were at was like, oh my God, (laughs) like, like people like actually not thinking that women deserve equal access to the world championship, you know, or like Mm. things like that. I'm like, okay, take a breath. That's where you're at. Okay. <laughs> like, let's start there. Let's unpack that. Let's talk about it, whatever. So, um, that's kind of always been my strategy, but yeah, I th- it's just not a big surprise to me. I don't know what we do about it, but, um, besides keep talking. I think keeping talking is, is good and more normal. It, it'll normalize it more. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think what Daniela did, and this is going to sound, I mean, this is just an indicative of kind of where we're at. It was brave. She didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. but, but she did for some reason, she, it'd be great conversation. I do not know her, but you know, it's like, why now? And, and why in general, but mm-hmm. I bet she exhaled so great. Like she didn't have to think about like people taking pictures of her at a restaurant anymore. She, she can just be free to be, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a, there's a beautiful letting go of that. Um, mm-hmm. when you just kind of admit it and she'll help a lot of kids based on who she is and the platform she has. And so I think it's pretty cool that, that she just felt like she could acknowledge where she's at. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just talking about the, how many athletes are very private. Well, that's an athlete who's, you know, for years has been pretty private and for her to talk about something that she normally wouldn't um, it really is. it, It holds a lot of power. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good for I think it's good for the sport. And I think you're going to see, you know, I mean, it's not just basketball or women's golf, you know, it's exactly. like, yeah. and, and women's golf has really made a shift before it used to, you could go to the dinosaur and you could be like, we, we don't even have gay bars anymore because you don't really need them. You can just go wherever you want for the most part, you know, so the other thing I've seen is, you know, we have this partnership with Feisty with Compete Sports Diversity that are an LGBTQ organization. And I'm actually going with them to speak at a um, Seattle Seahawks Summit next week, which I'm so stoked about. I like, I love the work that they're doing. Um, but uh, there's a lot of, the reason he reached out to me was because he knew I was interested in diversity and he had like, basically like, sorry, if you guys can hear my kid gaming in the background, <laughs> this is like mom life right now. Um, but like, like he, they're having trouble having women in their organization. Right. Um, and I think that's true of like a lot of gay organizations too. And what, when I went to their first conferences, one of the things that I heard was, um, that like how different it is for gay men in sport too, especially like in big team sports, like football, like those in, and these stories like this, I feel like this is like 
mental health, like life and death situations. We're talking about boys being bullied on high school teams, like in a way that like, like, you know, you don't want to say it's like worse for one group or another or whatever. It just, it is what it is, but that that's a different experience too, of like being a gay man who um, plays like a traditional, like rough house boys sport, you know? No, it's, it's an exciting, I think it's an exciting time. I think, you know, that you just, people just have to be brave and they have to feel so confident in where they are in their lives. And yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's coming, but it's going to be a ways. I mean, even in men's golf, I mean, that is, that is, I, I'm a big golf fan. So you watch that and that is a very conservative group of people and mm-hmm. not very open. Mm-hmm. It just, it just seems stupid that anybody has to, like, why is, I don't know. Why is this a It'll thing? go on. Why, like, I, I, I just forget that there are a lot of people in the country who just aren't there yet, as, yeah. as Sarah says, and it's just so silly. Mm-hmm. And just, I don't, I get really. Well, we're, we're at a really big crossroads. I mean, but we should laws. have been there years ago. There's laws <laughs> being passed in Florida right I now. Know, I know. <laughs> there yeah. I know. Oh. Um, I so yeah, let's just keep talking about it. Stay open. Yeah. Yeah. Be, be good people. You know, my whole philosophy has always been: I just dare you not to like me. It doesn't <laughs> matter. You know, you we always have had to live just maybe a little bit of a cut above, and if that has been yeah. one of the facilitations of my you know, I think I've had a pretty, pretty successful life so far. And, but I've always had to maybe pedal a little bit harder underwater. Mm. So, yeah, that's interesting. I love that. Um, okay. Let's talk about the fitness industry a little bit, because before we started recording, Aaron, you were talking about what's, what's happened at your gym over COVID and where things are going for you. Oh my God. So fascinating. Right. So pre COVID, um, rally sport is fascinating. I've worked at the same place for over 30 years. Um, I went to the University of Colorado, degree in kinesiology, master's degree in athletic administration. And I was kind of supposed to be a basketball coach. And I just started working at at Rally Sport here in Boulder. And it's 39,000 square feet, but the building is old. And we had created such an amazing, cool culture at Rally that we were able to overcome like buckets on the floor when the when it rained and snowed and stuff, because people just came to love us um, and who we were and who was there. And it's a really cool vibe. Our culture is really cool. And I'm super proud of that. So one of the things that we wanted to do was kind of reinvent rally sport, um, build a bigger pool, our pool, like Matty Reed can't even swim in our pool because his arms are so long and he just hits the lane lines. Um, you know, the water's good. We really take good care of the water, but you can't change the size of a pool. And we really have embraced the uh, triathlon community in Boulder. Um, we just, we want to be able to expand. And so pre-COVID, uh, we made some moves to set ourselves up to build a new club, build a new pool and, and move on. Well, we did that deal and then COVID came and they closed the gyms. And my world got pretty rocked as did most people in the fitness business. Um, you know, we can debate whether that was the right thing to do at the time or not. I think people were just doing the best they could to save people's lives at the start of the pandemic. And so, um, 
we, the bottom line is we just have not, people have not come back. Like we haven't got a hundred percent of our members back. I was pretty heavily reliant on the personal training department at my club. I had 26 personal trainers. I am now down to eight and my trainers left and they, I never thought they would leave. And I, I, we did the PPP. We paid them like we were supposed to, we did everything, but they just didn't see a future um, they didn't think we were going to be able to re rebuild the way we wanted. And so they left and when they left, they take their clients with them. And that puts a big, even a bigger dip in your membership pool. And I have friends around the country, um, Austin, LA, um, at the time I was training the president of lifetime. So I was able to keep getting, uh, information about what was happening, not just for me, because it was so personal for me, but for the entire industry. And, you know, during COVID, people learned to do things a different way. It was very good for the golf industry. It was very good for cycling. I mean, I think anybody that's trying to buy a bike right now, we're still not back on being able to have access to bicycles. For the most part, it's probably going to be really good for triathlon um, and cycling. But for the indoor gym people, we lost a lot of our, you know, three or four time a weekers because they found other ways to exercise. Um, the zoom appointments with all the trainers. I, as a trainer myself, I kind of started taking on zoom appointments as well. And I was like, well, like when the, when the gym's open, everyone will leave. Well, I know personally that that is not happening. As a matter of fact, people want to work out more on zoom now. (laughs) It's mind blowing. So they're not going back to their gyms. They're not going back to their in-person training. And, and I'm just a little baby piece of that. Like Lululemon purchased the mirror. Um, You can do your workout in the mirror with your trainer in the mirror. (laughs) You can do tonal and follow programs, you know, from tonal. Uh, There's, I have tons of friends in the fitness business that not are trying to invent more apps. So I'm like, why don't you just do zoom? It's so easy. (laughs) Like, but they want to put millions of dollars into more, you know, AI kind of stuff. And so it's really driven uh, technology when it comes to exercise. And when it comes to managing and building a whole big 50,000 or 40,000 square foot facility, um, I believe our industry is still 30 to 40% down. um, Even though some of the gyms feel busy, Uh, you know, those people that aren't coming, they're not paying anymore. You know, they, if they would come once a week or whatever, they're just like, no, I'm going to just do my thing, ride my bike, play golf. And it's, it's worrisome a little bit, but everything changes. And so the lower cost, lower expectation clubs seem to have a lot. Um, The higher, higher end clubs have been a little bit slower to come back. So what does that mean for rally sport? Sorry, Sarah. Rally sport is rally sport. will be making a shift. Um, You know, we've, we're, we're essentially going to be, taking hopefully most of our members and, and moving on with, with waterfall, with, uh, with Ben Atkins, um, building a, a new facility 15 minutes from our current facility. So it's, it's close, but in Boulder talk, that's a long commute. <laughs> People in Boulder don't like to commute, uh, 15 minutes to a, a gym. So we're going to, we really have a strong vision to make it extremely special. Um, we live, we all live, here at uh, mile high, 5,200 feet, people come here to train because of the elevation. But the downside of that elevation is it's very difficult to recover fully. And sometimes you can't even hit your wattage, um, the same wattage you can hit 
and in California, it's harder to hit here because the oxygen's a thinner, a little bit thinner. So we're going to have a, an altitude room that we can bring down. We can pump more oxygen into that room and bring, so people can train at 200 feet uh, above sea level. That seems to be the lowest we can get here. Um, you know, a beautiful new swimming pool of track. It's very difficult in Boulder to find track time because they're all associated with schools. So um, we're really excited. It's just going to take us a little bit of time to get that thing built. Um, but it's, it's moving along very, very nicely. So. No, I'm, I'm excited. Cause when I saw you a couple of years ago, you were talking about different elements, the, the, uh, sea level room and it's yeah. the fact that your vision is coming, it's panning out. It's just a different timeline. Yeah. Um, I, I also just want to say that, uh, I did a lot of the zoom classes and the, the YouTube videos with you. And uh, when the pandemic first hit, and I I missed being around people. I missed that sense of community. So I, I do, maybe I'm just a little naive, but I feel like a lot of people are going to come back to that in-person stuff because it's really that human connection um, that makes, I don't know, it's, it's motivating, it's fun. And I like, I, wa- I did the videos because it was you because I have that connection with you. Um, but I'm not, I feel like you can't replace it with some stranger on Peloton, but maybe you can, I don't know. I, I, I feel like more people are going to come back at it. So they start missing mm-hmm. being around other individuals, like in person. The, yeah. The, the focus is going to be on really getting people more education, more understanding of why they're doing what they're doing. You know, it's just the people that are going to come back are even going to be more targeted towards outcomes, you know, and those are the people for us that are, they're sticky. They're going to stick around. If we can get them in some kind of journey, this random active exercise thing, it will only take you so far, which I think is why Peloton, I mean, if you look at Peloton stock, it's down 80% from its pandemic highs. And they have a very strong model, but for some reason, some people decide they just need to spend so much money. And so they're reorganizing. They have a lot of talent, but you know, it's the same thing for them with trainers. If one hot Peloton instructor leaves that class just got ripped apart. Is Peloton down because Mr. Big died? Do you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) It happened on another show too. I think it happened on succession as well. Two people died after (laughs) doing a Peloton session. That's that's not good. Even if if we know it's not the real world. (laughs) Peloton would take, has taken a lot of market share from clubs for sure. But it's not a bad thing because that means people are being successful. Like there, I have a lot of clients who have Pelotons. I I think Peloton's pretty fun. Mm -hmm. I just think you need a gym to Sarah's point as well. Communities, people, human yeah. beings. Yeah, I think it might be a slow roll on the way back, you know, because people are just starting to get used to going back to the office or now people have hybrid office situations. So like figuring yeah. out where they land in terms of how much at home time they want and how much at work time or around other people they want. Like, I think, I don't know if we've landed yet. Like we're barely out of the Omicron wave. Right? I haven't been sick in two years. <laughs> <laughs> right? Except for being around... The, the kids, you know, the kids going back to school mm-hmm. every now and then, you know, they, those O'Donnells and their littles, they, the little <laughs> Rini was just saying this week, she was like, I think I'm going to be sick for the next 10 years because 
the kids are going to just keep bringing stuff. I on. thought I thought it was going to be ba- worse than it was, though. Like I've been told <laughs> horror stories. And my and my kid went to like day homes from when she was one, right? And like just she was around other kids all the time, and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like Sarah, on this podcast, you told me about explosive both ends <laughs> <Yeah>. virus. <laughs> Don't oh, yeah. give me that. The, the pus coming out of my eyes one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I just, <laughs> I just want to encourage people that if you have a great gym near your home, at least give it a, give it a walkthrough mm-hmm. and see mm-hmm. how it feels. But at the same time, if you're successfully navigating your strength and conditioning work and you've got a really good vibe going, just keep it going. You know, we're really ultimately about people being as healthy as they can be. Totally. So you know, yeah, this is my, if you, if people are doing good things, I, I like what, you know, why would you come here? You know, and if they're walking through the gym it's and they're, I want them to be there because they want to be there. Not because I'm trying to sell them a membership. You know, I've been in this business. No, no, Aaron. We want people supporting small businesses. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And but gyms, gyms like yours, it's a small business. It's a local business and we want to support that. So, Thank you. Yeah, just point yeah. rally sport. <laughs> Damn it. If you live in Boulder, I mean, for us where we live, it's not necessarily, oh, yeah, right. that'd be tough. But uh, no, absolutely. We, we love what you do. Thanks. Can Me I too. Take- it's been a good ride. There's still ways to go. This next one will be really fun though. So we'll talk more about it as it comes to, together. Awesome. Sorry that I muted myself while I just shouted at my daughter. <laughs> I think our editor is going to be like, what is all that noise while she's gaming with her friends? Um, okay, let's take a little break and uh, we'll come back and do I Rock Because. Let's talk about Orca for a minute. In 2018, Orca approached me at the Ironman World Championships in Kona and said, Hey, we love what you are doing and we want to support women better. So we are designing products specifically for women rather than just, you know, shrinking the men's products. And we want your help. That's me, Sarah, and Feisty Media that they were asking for help from. Not only that, but I personally find that my Orca wetsuit is the best I've ever had for flexibility and buoyancy, and I definitely wish I had found it when I was racing pro. Fast forward four years, and Orca has launched their new triathlon wetsuits and other gear designed specifically for women. I'm so proud to have been part of this process. So you can order your very own wetsuit and other fab products for 15% off using the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com that's iron women the name of one of our amazing triathlon podcasts iron women 1515 at orca.com okay so aaron we have a little tradition sarah okay I, I forget how it started it doesn't matter um <laughs> where we have to say why we rock like you have to say something that amazing about yourself. Um, Sarah always picks like small things because she's so humble. We can't get her to brag about herself. So that's one of my goals is to get her to like <laughs> brag about I, herself. I'm just letting Sarah like get through this first year of being a mom and then we'll start asking the big questions. <laughs> um, okay, so let's do, okay, Sarah, do you want to go first with my rock? Because to set an example for the rest of us. Well, because you laid down the gauntlet about like, I don't do big enough things. Uh, Sarah knows this. 
I rock because I got into my program to get my doctorate in clinical psychology. Yay. And, you know, that's a big one. Yeah. So that's yeah. massive. That's, that's massive. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, it, there were, there were months of, uh, you know, I went by in a haze where I was trying to take classes with a newborn and like, that was physically the hardest thing I've ever done. So the taking classes to try to use my brain without sleep. Yeah. Whew. Top that, Sarah. <laughs> okay. I, I I've, been, I just I've been wrist slapped for sure. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a really good one. <laughs> I don't think either of us can beat that. Erin, um, do you want to go next? Oh, uh, you know, I rock because I am just not afraid uh, to tell people that I go to bed around seven o'clock. <laughs> And I'm older than most of the people I hang out with. And I don't mind being a role model when it comes to wellness. And the fact that as you keep getting older, you, you can stay super strong, get faster, um, be a rock star, feisty, anything, male, female, whatever. But you also have to acknowledge some things need to change in order for that to come. And so mm-hmm. You know, every now and then people are like, like, I'm talking to young athletes and I'm like, what time do you go to bed? You know, how's your food? Are you eating enough? And, and then they say, well, what time do you go to bed? And I'm like, okay, I, I go to bed seven, especially if I want to get up early and train and have a full-time job, but I'm not afraid. Like, I'm pretty proud of that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take care of myself, you know, and I think that's a really important part. Sleep and sleep quality and is mm-hmm. so massively important. So not afraid. Cool. Good one. Okay. I'm going to go with, I rock because I started with Kelly O'Mara. I started an awesome podcast and here we are today, four and a half years later, um, having this awesome conversation. So yay. Okay. That's kind of a cop out. And you have made fun of me in the past. With I know <laughs> for making it about other people. Yeah. Well, all I right, know. fine. I'll, I'll put you, I'll, I'll... anyway, said a different I... way the community that has been built because of the podcast Mm. is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. It's truly, truly amazing. And I bet you it has saved many, many lives in, in that. And I don't mean that lightly, like just watching and being part of it has just been amazing how people can share ideas and just be open and honest. And Mm. it's, it's amazing. It's an honor to be part of this crew in some Aww. weird way <laughs> with, with the, the obvious caveat that 90% of the time we don't know what we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't know about that <laughs> but we have fun and we we like our animal stories next time we have you on we want more Deacon stories because oh Mr. Deacon he's, he sounds just, like a good boy he does have lots of life lessons to share about just acceptance I mean even just at the end of this this our time together you know just about acceptance about going with the flow no judgment and just being pretty happy i love it thank you so much erin for for your time and this is another week of if we're riding and be like deacon just go with the flow have some have some fun in life and like erin said leave with your heart None of you people can tell me to stop My town, my crown We know what it takes to be reaching the top We're reaching the top We're reaching the top We know what it takes to be reaching the top